Happy birthday, friends. We're glad you're here. All right. Last week, we started off the sign-ups for all the different things that you can do. And you may have signed up and said, wait, no one contacted me. That's because it was the first week and everyone was crazy. So uh, we're going to do sign-ups again tonight. If you weren't here last week, we need sign-ups for people to do and uh, be involved in visual arts, things that you see, projection, over there, right there, greeters, the nice people who say hi on the way in, uh, dancers, um, uh, preferably none of the uh, chaos day dances, probably none of those. <laughs> Uh, coffee and cookies set up, which is downstairs. And when I say coffee, I mean hot beverages. There's tea down there, there's hot chocolate down there. So we need people to set those things up. Um, we have a sign up for prayer servants, and Daniel can tell you more about those things. Daniel's in the blue shirt sitting right by Paul. So if you're interested in those things, sign ups will be downstairs. It's super easy. You can just do it on the laptops that are all down there. So check that out. And then uh, just a reminder, now that you've got some rhythm, uh, maybe you've finalized your class schedule after trying some things and realizing you weren't going to do them and switching some things around, now you can really find your chapel buddy. Who's going to be your worship buddy? Go to loft with you, go to chapel with you. So um, think about that. Find that person. You could do it as a trio. You could do it as a, you could do it as a floor. Your floor, your house, uh, anybody who spells their name the way you spell your name, whatever it is. Uh, find people to come with you to chapel. Tomorrow, uh, we're kicking off the believe, right? So it's believe, behold, belong, be still, be loud. Yes. So tomorrow's believe. Professor Todd Chaffee from our ministry studies department will be speaking. So check that out. All right. And as always, we have our offering now. And for those of you who are new, who may not have been here last week, we have our offering every week for the Community Care Fund. And who is the Community Care Fund for? Yes, it is students giving to other students. So if you run into some financial difficulty, that's a surprise, a health need, a funeral you need to travel for, um, you can go to our Vice President for Student Life, Sarah Visser, you can go to her office and make an application. Um, and at the end of the year, we hear testimonies sometimes from people whose lives have been really uh, blessed by this gift. So this doesn't just go off into outer space. It, it actually affects students' lives. So um, we also think that the discipline of giving is an important one, and we need to make it a habit. And if you make it a habit when you have no money, it will be a lot easier when you have some money, right? So if you're faithful with little things, God will put you in charge of many things. Some of those things may be money, may be other things. But we're going to practice that now together. So let's take the offer. While we're doing the offering, we're going to do this song. So this song we're going to sing at the end of the service today. So it's called the uh, In This Dry Land. It's a Korean blessing song, actually. For those who are new to this song, let me just teach this song quickly. So if you can play it for us. There's a different parts of the song, so let's sing the first part. I'll sing it.
God, we are glad to be here. We are already grateful for the things that you have done for us this week. For the time that we were certain we were going to be lost and someone showed us the way. For the time when we went to the dining hall and we didn't know who would be there and we found someone to sit with. For a class that we were really scared of and it turns out the professor is really great. For the time when someone listened to us Thank you. Thank you for fun and play and dancing and sports. Thank you for Sabbath rest and worship. Thank you for all these good gifts you give us. You have blessed us in so many ways. And we are bold to ask that you will continue to strengthen the life of this college. Continue to turn our hearts more and more toward you. Lord, there are so many temptations around us. We carry them in our pockets. Distractions and things that pull us away from each other and pull us away from you. So Lord, forgive us for these things. Forgive us for giving in. Forgive us for forming bad habits rather than good ones. Forgive us for all the ways in these first four days of class where we've already kind of been slothful and blown off assignments. Remind us that you have called us here, that our vocation right now is to be a student and to learn. And so Lord, call us back to that and help us to be faithful to that calling. We pray a blessing on our president as he is traveling so much right now. We pray that you keep him safe. We pray for his marriage and for his children. We pray for those 
who love him and support him in the busy and hard work that he has. We pray for Calvin College. We pray for our board of trustees who will be gathering next month. There are so many people who pour into this place so that it can flourish. So Lord, help us to honor their gifts by doing our very best. Lord, we thank you that we can go to a place where your name is lifted up. We thank you for our brother Isaiah, who long ago wrote down words that for a lot of people were really hard to hear. But he was faithful, and you used him. And so, Lord, we pray that even though his words may be still hard to hear, you will use his words in our lives. Holy Spirit, come as we turn to your word. Convict us, challenge us, comfort us. Do your work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We are looking at Isaiah. This can be found on page 548 and 549. The Bibles are black. They're the black ones that are in the pews. We scattered some around the choir loft. There should be enough to go around. Isaiah 1. Starting at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Uh, let me say, too, that if you are um, a person who needs a Bible, uh, which would not be the freshmen since they all got them in a convocation, but um, if you're someone who needs a Bible or you know someone who needs a Bible, we have like stacks of them back there, and don't like take 17 of them, but if you know somebody and you think, oh, this person, this person really needs a Bible, um, just go ahead and take one, because uh, I have complete confidence that it will go to the right person and be used in the right way, and uh, we can find more, right? So Isaiah, we're going to read uh, verses 1 through 3, and then go over and read verses 10 through 20 of Isaiah 1. The vision of Isaiah, son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Isaiah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not understand. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord? I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to a fear before me, who asks this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bringing offerings is futile. Incense, it's abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation, I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. Your new moons and your appointed festivals my soul hates. They become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. 
rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. This is the word of the Lord. You may want to leave that open. I'll be referring to it later. So Donald Trump... This is interesting, I learned this week. Donald Trump identifies as a Christian. And he knows that may be surprising news. In fact, he's quoted as saying, people are shocked when they find out that I'm a Protestant, I'm a Presbyterian. He says, I I love my church, I love the Bible, I love God. And I would have to say, you know, he's a little bit right with that first statement. Because when people find out that he's a Christian, there are people then that that look at his life and they think, huh. So somebody who loves a church and loves the Bible, loves God, maybe that person might say kind things about citizens of Mexico. Or, Or maybe that person might be known as the most generous billionaire in the United States rather than the least generous billionaire in the United States. Maybe that person's life might be marked by things that draw other people to him as a man of integrity and character. Maybe. And the reason that's been getting some attention and some blowback is because we are shocked. There is some level of dismay and bewilderment because the things that he professes, I love God, I love the church, I love scripture, And the life that he leads seem to to be disconnected. There seems to be a disconnect from what we can see, from what we see that's displayed out there. And this disconnect that happens, this lack of integrity that happens, it happens in all of us, this has a word, and it's called hypocrisy. And it comes from the Greek, and a hypocrite in the Greek was an actor was someone who was playing a role, playing a part. And hypocrites, actors in Greek theater, would wear a mask that would hide who they really were. And so there's this idea in hypocrisy that there's the true self, and then there's the self you want everyone to see. This is an old problem, this disconnect. This disconnect is exactly what Isaiah is saying that the Lord is having trouble with right now with the people of Israel. You see, they're doing all the right ritual things, all the things that he names, the new moon festivals and the Sabbath keeping and the sacrificing of the bulls and the lambs and the goats. That's that's all what they're doing. That's all the display that they're putting on. They are checking off all the ritual, holy, pietistic boxes. But when it comes to doing the other things... These are the choices that they're making. Instead of leaving the corners of their land unharvested during the harvest season, 
so that the poor can come and pick and get some food. They're just harvesting the whole thing and keeping it all for themselves. When someone comes to them and asks for money, asks to borrow money, instead of just giving them the money, they're loaning the money but at a really high interest so that the person who takes the money will have a very, very, very hard time paying them back. When a widow comes and camps on their land with their children because she has nowhere to go, instead of receiving her into their homes, they're just shooing her away. Get on it. We don't have time for you. And so there's this disconnect between all their acts of piety and the lives they're actually leading. And God says, you know, this over here, these acts of piety, they are meaningless to me because you're not living them out. In the law, the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, there are very specific instructions about worship. How you sacrifice, when you sacrifice, when the festivals are, how to do a festival. It's very specific, it's very laid out. But also there are very clear rules about how to be a good neighbor, how to care for the poor, how to welcome in the stranger or the widow or the orphan. And God's saying, if you're doing this part and you're not doing this part, this part doesn't even matter to me. It is meaningless to me. In fact, I find it an abomination. It is offensive to me that you're going through these acts of worship and in no way are you living out the fullness of the law. You are hypocrites. There's a disconnect. It's very easy for us to look at someone like Donald Trump and poke at him. Really, you're a Christian? Ah, I don't think so. His church comes out and says, well, we haven't seen him around here in a while. I don't really know what that is all about. He can't name a favorite Bible passage. And of course, everyone's like, ah, he's not really bad. It's very easy to poke at him. It's very easy to poke at Israel and say, oh, for Pete's sake, people. You had the whole law. You were doing parts of it. Do it all. Like, come on. But how well are we doing? So we have these project neighborhood houses, which some of you know about. They're houses throughout the city of Grand Rapids. We have about six of them. And there are students who live there in intentional community, and they have a mentor, and they invest in the neighborhood, and they often partner with a church. And for a while, we've been thinking we should have one right over here, right in this neighborhood, right next to Calvin. And so we went to the neighbors and we said, hey, wouldn't, what do you think about us having a project neighborhood house here? Do you know what they said? No. Because there are so many Calvin College students who already live right in this stretch, across Burton, over here, who are not good neighbors, that they didn't want anymore. Because in their mind, you know what Calvin College students as neighbors do? They stay up really late, they play music really loud. They never plow their driveways, and so in the winter they all end up parking on the street, making it very hard for other people to go around. They don't shovel the sidewalk, so people aren't running or walking or being with their children, they can't get through. Sometimes they just don't get their garbage out. 
And on campus, we're doing all these things about building community and let's take care of each other and look out for each other and hospitality and blah, blah, blah. And we move half a mile or less off campus and suddenly it's like, I don't know anything about that. And we start living all by ourselves, all for ourselves. It's really inconvenient to get up in the morning and shovel snow. I gotta get to class. I got things to do. I've got a lab, I've got an internship. I've got a practicum. Being a good neighbor is very inconvenient for me. How do you think that plays with the Holy One? If he were speaking directly to us, if, if we wrote these words of Isaiah 1 and addressed them to Calvin College, they might sound something like this. You know that Friday chapel thing where you all get together and you sing really loud? Sick of it. Dorm worship? No. Bible studies? An abomination. This loft thing you got going on? Tired of it. None of this stuff matters. You are going through all the motions of piety, but you know what? You're bad neighbors. And you steal from the dining hall. And you cheat. And you lie to your RA. All of this stuff you do, all the stuff when a prospective student comes on campus and you're telling them all what we do, the Christian shiny bright things that we do. We have worship and we worship and we worship some more. We do all this stuff and you can be trained in worship and you can get like all the things. And God says, really, Calvin College? We got some business to take care of. We've got some business to take care of. And it's very easy, and I bet uh, I was doing it today as I was thinking about this sermon, it's very easy to kind of dismiss this and go, really, stealing a sleeve of bagels is as bad as kicking a widow off her land, like perspective. Really? Because the cost, the consequences of the behaviors in which we engage, it doesn't seem that high. I mean, so we're known as bad neighbors. Well, there goes the reputation, and maybe people won't give us as much money, and they won't send our children here. Ah, what, you know. But according to God, there's a lot more at stake than that. When he gave the law, the Torah, when he gave it to the people of Israel, this is what he said to them. This is from Deuteronomy 30. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God by loving the Lord your God and walking in his ways and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous. And the Lord will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear and you bow down to all the other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall die. You will not live long in the land that you are crossing Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness. I call heaven and earth to witness 
against you that I have set before you today life and death, blessings and cursings. Choose life so that you and your descendants can live. And we know that the words of Isaiah are hearkening back to Deuteronomy. Because if you look at verse 2 of chapter 1, this is what God says. Hear, O heavens, and listen, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I reared children and brought them up, but they rebelled against me. He has cosmic witnesses at the beginning when he lays out the covenant, when he gives them the law, when he says, we're going to have a great relationship. It's going to go really, really well if you just do as I tell you to do. So heaven and earth bear witness that we are making a covenant between Yahweh God and the people of Yahweh. And then in Isaiah, he says, heaven and earth, listen to me. I reared children and brought them up and they rebelled against me. And the consequence is death. It's not a bad reputation. It's not low numbers. It's not bad giving. It's death. And this is why God says, are we going to get serious about this now? Are we going to get serious about this now? He says to his people, you have to wash yourselves. You have to make yourselves clean again. Because you're just gunked up with sin. You're just gunked up with your own self-will. You're just a mess. Your hands are full of blood. You've got to wash yourselves. You've got to make yourself clean. Then it makes it really clear. Ahem. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. These are not new things. It's not like the people of Israel heard this and went, whoa, that is brand new information. They knew. And that's why he says then next in verse 18, come, let's argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. They are red like crimson. They shall become like wool. He says, we can do this together. You can make a new start. You can, we can have a fresh beginning. I am willing to forgive you of all the stuff. I am willing to help you move on as a people. I am willing to help you be clean and live ordered lives. I am ready to do that. And the next line says, if you do this, you're going to eat the good of the land. And if you don't do it, you will be eaten. You see, God wants life for his people. That's his big desire. He doesn't go through the book of Isaiah and say, this is going to be a whole lot of fun. He wants his people to live. He wants his people to flourish. He wants his people to have life. That is his whole compulsion. That's what animates him. He wants his people to live. So he says, come on, get serious about this. There's too much at stake. And so today he says to us, come on, Calvin College. There is too much at stake. 
There's too much at stake for us to be dinking around with crappy little sins. There's too much at stake for us to be excusing our own sins or the sins of other people. There's too much at stake for us not to speak to another person when they are sinning against the Lord. Because God wants to bless us. He wants to bless Calvin College. He wants to see our flourishing. This is his desire. This is his passion. This is what he wants. Can you imagine what the city of Grand Rapids would be like if the students of Calvin College were known as the best possible neighbors you could have? Can you imagine what our campus would be like if creative dining did not have to factor into their budget every year how much food was taken? Can you imagine what our lives would be like if we started telling the truth to each other and stopped lying? God can. God can imagine that. And that's why he says, come on, Calvin College, let's get serious. Though your sins are like scarlet, they can be as white as snow. They are red as crimson. They can become like wool. Come on. Are you with me with this? Are you ready to live? Now, there are lots of ways in which that life is breaking through on campus. There are lots of ways in which we see it. Those of you who are nursing majors, you're going to have a unit where you go out into the neighborhoods as parish nurses and you will minister to the poor. Those of you who are engineers, your professors will encourage you to think about how to solve the big problems of the world. Accessibility for people who are disabled. Clean water. How to solve stupid computer problems that drive us all crazy. You can write, you can think, you can dance, you can make music that changes the world. When God called Abraham and said, I'm going to start a nation with you, the purpose of the call, he said to Abraham, here's the deal, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to bless you, and then you're going to be a blessing. It's going to be the coolest thing ever. I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing. And he comes to us today and he says, Calvin College, come on, let's get serious about this. I want to bless you so you can be a blessing. You have the good news. You know about Jesus Christ. You know about his resurrection from the dead. You know that he is the one who comforts. You know that he is the one who heals. You have this amazing news. Go out and be a blessing to other people. This is what God wants. For us, he wants us to flourish. He wants us to have life. So who's in? Are you tired of the crappy little sins? Are you tired of the big sins that weigh you down? God says right now, right here, you get a fresh start. Right now, right here, you as an individual and you as a community, you get a fresh start. 
Because by the power of the Holy Spirit, the sins that so easily entangled us yesterday may not do so much tomorrow. Because the Holy Spirit wants to move among Calvin College and make this a light in the city. So come on, Calvin College. Let's get serious about this. God sets before us today life and death, blessings and curses. Let's choose life. Let's choose life. Let's choose life. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you that you are the one who offers forgiveness. That you are the one who offers a fresh start. And we need it. We've failed you. In our little mission here on the corner of the Beltline and Burton, we've failed you. We haven't been good neighbors. We haven't been good neighbors to the people we live in the same room with. Lord, thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you that you offer us a fresh start. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will give some really great ideas to us as a community about how to be good neighbors, about how to stop stealing, about how to stop lying, how to live as people of integrity and character, how to live. Because in our living out as Jesus Christ would want us to live, we can be a blessing. Lord, we pray that Calvin College is a blessing to us and to everyone we encounter. And we ask this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen.